When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Viewer discretion is advised. Your fave will be criticized. That's Chris. That's Shan. And we are CCTV, the nonstop pop show. And today we are ranting about or, well, discussing lip syncing live vocals and live bands in K-pop. Looking for an awesome global pop music podcast? Well, Chris and I have the inside scoop with extensive experience performing on stage and working at record labels. So come join us in these conversations and also on Patreon at patreon.com slash Pops and become part of our amazing crew, including Lisette, Lily, Emily, Kevin, and Juliet. Subscribe now and let's explore the world of pop music together. And big shout out to Christina, who left us an amazing review on Apple Podcasts. We see you, boo. Thank you so much. And we're so glad you're enjoying the show. Yes. Thank you, Christina. Um, all right. Well, before we get started, we also have a few more shout outs because we have some very awesome contributors to today's yeah. episode. Some amazing K-pop podcasts have given us their thoughts. And so we're going to shout out Ask Me About K-pop, NYC K-pop Queens, and MIA 2K. Definitely go check out their shows, which are available on all podcast platforms. Yes, yeah, just like ours. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, as we mentioned, we are here to discuss <laughs> K-pop live vocals and performances. So, let's see what's 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 happening. What's what we're thinking about because we've been trying to talk about this for a really long time, and I think ever since the beginning of our show, like this was something that we listed as like we need to talk about it. Well, here we are, two years later, and we're ready to talk about it. Um, I mean, both of us have been to a ton of concerts and performances, and we also love watching performances. So. This has built up a standard over time, right? Um, and I'm pretty sure some people do know, but maybe if you don't know, I actually used to do a lot of musical acting myself and I sing myself. So when it comes to live performances, I understand the, the, the grueling nature of singing and dancing, especially like how many days a week as a musical actress. And also I understand what it's like to have all that adrenaline popping, uh, pumping, excuse me, and choreography going as a recording artist, as a pop musician as well. So it's interesting to kind of, I guess, delve into it. But then again, we're not here to talk about Western pop or pop performances from, you know, the U.S. specifically. We're here to talk about K-pop performances. Yes. And we do, of course, understand that Western music culture is very different from South Korea. The standards are different. But we are a global pop music show. And um, we think we're very well versed in what the standards should be, mm. <laughs> what they are. Um, we also do want to know, we are second-gen K-pop fans originally. That is where kind of our big passion for K-pop started. Mm. And singing live was much more common in that era. Um, and it's honestly just become something we expected. Like, part of what I thought was so impressive when I started watching K-pop performances was that they were singing live while doing very impressive show-stopping choreography, you know? Yes. And so it's become yes. just something that I think should be important um but yeah. k-pop idols now do lip sync a lot more um and there are a lot of reasons for that which we will go through um 
But of course, artists have been lip syncing for decades all around the world. Yes. Um, oh, totally. And it kind of goes through waves of acceptance, right? Like, I feel like in like the yeah. 90s, it was okay, really. Um, a lot of in those, the 90s. Yeah, like a lot Vanilli? of those TV shows and stuff, though, didn't even have real uh, microphones, you know? You know what? You're right. Because like back in the day, listen, if you're a black music fan, Soul Train, they weren't singing live. No, <laughs> they didn't have mics a lot of the time, yeah, mic right? Crowd, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, yeah. And then we hit like the 2000s with like the Ashley Simpson scandal. Oh and then God. like live singing became much more important. Um, yes. And then now we're in a time where, especially with during the pandemic as well, mm -hmm. where everyone was just like recording things at home and stuff. And they didn't have the equipment yeah. to do those live, you know, vocals yeah. and everything either. So then yeah. it became this kind of like processed thing. And then that has yes. just kind of stayed now. Um, so, yeah, it's been kind of interesting to observe as a global pop music fan yeah what wow what a thing to point out you're so right like everything became so extra polished because it's like well we got to give you the concert experience at, at home um so with this conversation we're going to talk about k-pop and separate performances into two main types you have the television programs and the broadcasts such as m countdown inky gaio and music bank and the annual award shows. Then you have the concerts, including headline tours, domestic or international, okay, or other promotional performances at festivals, etc. So mm -hmm. let's hop right into it. All right. So first, let's talk about why K-pop artists lip sync in the first place. Uh -huh. um, so just thinking about just the technical aspects of things, mm -hmm. it takes a lot of time and energy and people and equipment to yes. set up for live performances on TV. You need sound checks. All the mics need to work. You need to hook everything up so the sound engineering and the mixing is right. And there's just a lot of people involved, a lot of time involved, and a lot of these shows don't have time for that. Um, right. So right. sometimes a show or a venue might actually request that artists lip sync so mm -hmm. that they can avoid having all the extra equipment, extra personnel and everything, and they can kind of right. just cycle through people quicker. Um, so sometimes it's not always the artist's choice, right? Yeah, right. Um, and one funny example of this from years ago was <laughs> Xinhua. They once got a little annoyed that they had to lip sync and they like ended up lip syncing each other's parts. And one of them didn't even come out with a microphone. And they were just like, they were like, we're not even going to bother pretending that this is real. Um, uh, yeah. Another technical aspect of it, as I'm sure you can see, a lot of K-pop artists use headset mics, right? Yeah. Um, for most yeah. performances because of the crazy choreography, which we will talk about later. Uh, but yeah. headset mics, as we were told by Steve Anderson, music director extraordinaire, yes. um, headset mics, their sound is just not good um, yeah, in comparison. Yeah. Um, he worked with our, another favorite group of ours, Steps, and he actually made them never use headset mics, despite them having done that for all their shows in the 90s, just because he wanted the sound to be good for mm -hmm. live vocals so right. yeah that's another aspect too and i'm sure you can see it too like sometimes you can't hear it or like it just it sounds awful um if their yeah. mics are on so yeah that's another yeah. aspect as well and of course you can't do that <laughs> choreography with handheld mics you know this is true okay yeah no I, okay but what you're saying with the, i've done both i've done the the mic in the on the forehead i've done the mic yeah. on the cheek yeah i've done the mic pack i've had the mic pack fall off and then the microphone is connected to my ear slide off it's just so much more secure to have it in your hand. Like there's, a, I mean, I, I bumped my mouth with the microphone. So there's a number of things that can go wrong. But I always know for a fact it's in my hand. And as long as it's in front of my face, the sound's going to come out. Mm -hmm. You know, so I totally, I totally get what you're saying with that. And, and, and 
Steve's right. The sound is so much more different. Like, oh my God. It just... <sighs> and it's a for- it's unfortunate a lot of fans don't even notice. Like, sometimes you see those big ones that, like, extend past the face and it's like a big old, you know, B in front of their face. Or you see the ones that really... Like, back in the day, used to be taped to their faces. Mm-hmm. You remember? I think they still do that sometimes. I still sometimes, see Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> You're right, you're right. But yeah, I think equipment is very expensive. I mean, I think Seventeen as a group didn't get in-ears for a really long time. They were using their earbuds for a while. Mm. I remember that phase. That was rough as a fan to see. <laughs> um, it was it was rough. Um, but aside from, like, the technical al- aspect, uh, there is the idea of their vocal health and hectic schedules being a contributing factor as to why K-pop idols do not use uh, their live vocals on a consistent basis. Uh, Straight Kids member Bangtan is famous now for this clip or many clips of him mentioning that K-pop artists have such insane schedules. So with multiple appearances and performances throughout the day, their voices may be worn out. And I think that's so interesting because when I was doing musicals, I was going from like school, dance class, and then going to a musical rehearsal. So I understand what it is to sit there and be talking all day or doing things all day, training afterwards, and then going to rehearsal for how many hours just to get up at six o'clock in the morning and do it all over again because you had a show that weekend and you had mm-hmm. to keep running the show over and over again. So I'm pretty sure their schedule is way more packed than mine. But I understand that sense where it's like, oh, I think I might, my voice might give out. You know, vocal rest mm-hmm. is almost non-existent for them really. Um, and then you you tack on the physical exhaustion. Uh, there's so many things that go into that. I mean, it's tough. And like you said, the dancing doesn't help either. No. Oh yeah, and God. a lot of those music shows as well, they film really early in the morning, I believe. Yeah, it's um, funny. And so That's... then after they do that, they probably end up having all these other performances afterwards. Schedules, so yeah, yeah uh, it definitely is a crazy schedule that these idols are under. So mm-hmm. obviously... Not having to worry about live vocals takes off at least one aspect of the stress um, yes, that they're under. Sure. So, yeah, definitely <laughs> important. And it's awesome that Bang Jan was um, very vocal about that. Yes. Um, but, you know, we also do have to think about the actual just like lack of singing ability or talent. Mm. Um you know, oh. maybe the idols just don't sound good singing live. So it's kind of just a mutual decision between everyone, the label, yeah. the teams. Like, let's not even risk this. Let's yeah. just just lip sync and focus on the dancing. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it begs an interesting question. Mm. Is singing ability less important in K-pop now than it used to be? Right. Because. So obviously, as you said, we're second gen fans and a yeah. lot of that era you have a lot of the vocal kings and queens, right, that are known for sounding almost better sometimes than the recorded vocal. And they're very consistent. And it's, yeah, it's it's all very amazing, like all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know. There aren't even as many vocal kings and queens in general in the newer groups. And, yeah. for example, I was also watching um, Island, right? The mm-hmm. Enhypen Formation show a couple yes. of years ago. Yes. And the group was barely shown getting singing lessons mm-hmm. or even mm-hmm. really working on the singing itself. I think there were sometimes comments made if people didn't sound great. But yeah. the dancing was the focus. That's yes. what they spent the majority of their time working on. And the mm-hmm. vocal kind of came second. And if you watch the performances, they clearly pitched them, auto-tuned them, which we'll also talk about that later as well. Um, But yeah, what do you think? Is singing ability less important in K-pop now than it used to be? 
I would say, yeah, because even when I auditioned for, um, <laughs> for those who don't know, I actually made it to like a final round of a K-pop audition uh, for Black Swan. They wanted more dance clips than they did of me singing. Mm -hmm. um, and if I were to do dancing, it would have to be a certain style. Like, I mean, even if you look at the auditions that come up on like YouTube now, it's like uh, B-Lift or whatever YG or whatever company, X company dance audition. You never see someone sitting there singing their little hearts out with the guitar or like with a piano track. It's always like, I'm going to dance my heart out here and, you know, flip my hair. And, uh, uh, uh. Like, I think it's unfortunate because it kind of bothers me to think about how second gen and even third gen. Um, third gen was kind of when they introduced a lot more difficult choreography, like IE BAP on the floor doing step dancing, but still rapping, singing, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so it's interesting because it's just like they people factor dance virality over vocal virality like back in the day alien Hyoden singing together singing bang bang or aoa's um uh, uh toa and Hyoden and all these other vocals soji from exid singing chandelier even if it mm. was tuned people tuned in to see how many different power vocalists from different groups to sing together as opposed to them doing a dance parade doing a dance cover mm. even the fans have reflected more interest in actually knowing the dances because it's like if you don't know the dance for the random dance play you're not a real fan and it's just like but second gen first gen third gen got through with some tell me with some punching and pointing and it went viral so it's like i blame a little bit of both the fans and the companies not training these kids as much as possible in these terms uh and especially when they lip sync they don't get a chance to train themselves on how to punch in and punch out like mm. for me when i'm singing when i'm recording anything I have to remember when I like, oh, can I do this live right now? Like, when do, when do I figure out when the background vocals come in? Because I have a couple raps in a couple of my songs. I have to stop singing so that I can kind of rap and then take it out so you can take, to get a breath to let the background vocals or the backing track do its thing so I can come back and sing again. These kids, I'm not sure if they're like doing that where they're figuring out when to come in and come out because even when they're lipping, the lip flaps are still moving. And I'm like, you don't, if you were singing live, you would stop at least one point to catch your breath. Yeah, you know? it's very so. interesting because, yeah, it feels like vocal arrangement, vocal thing. Yeah, just vocal training in terms of live vocal yeah. training doesn't really seem to be there. Like, I don't think they ever really are like, OK, you have to sing this part like this. You need to take a breath like this. You know, right. all of that just doesn't really seem to be focused on at all. Um, yeah. Even in all the behind the scenes documentaries and things like that, you never see them sitting around a piano learning a live arrangement of a song. You know, it's always just in the dance rehearsal studio. And, you know, of course, I have watched the studio recording videos, too. Like we were watching the NCT ones. Right. So they, these yeah. idols can yeah. clearly sing. I, I, I don't think the talent mm -hmm. is necessarily gone. I would just say that no. they're not focusing on the actual training as much anymore because they can do yeah. it in the studio, right? Yes. Um, yes. Based on those clips that they do show us, which of course are curated, but you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, at the end of the day, <laughs> K-pop groups are basically dance crews now. And you know, the two of <laughs> us are dancers. And to be yeah. very honest, the big thing that did originally get me into K-pop was because a lot of my favorite choreographers started choreographing for yes. K-pop groups. So yes. yes, dance is very important to K-pop and even more yes. so now. Yes. But the dancing is crazy. And we've said this so many times on the show. But one thing I noticed, because this whole past week, I've been watching kind of second gen groups and newer groups and really yeah. trying to just observe. 
And if you look at the older K-pop groups from a couple generations ago, or even third gen with some of the groups, when yeah. they're when it's their line or it's their section, yeah. they'll do a simpler version of the choreo or sometimes yeah. no, not, no choreo uh, at all. Nothing at all. Yeah, sometimes they'll just stand there yeah. and do their thing or, you know, do a couple, you know, freestyle hand things. Yeah. Or they'll just do like a more basic version of whatever the choreo the rest of the group yeah. is doing. Um, but now it's almost the opposite. If you're singing, you're also doing the absolute most and you have a solo dance moment, um, which is absolutely crazy. Like I've been learning new jeans ditto, which is really, really fun. Um, and, but of course it's so interesting because I used to take dance classes and they would emulate the background, like not the background, the emulate the other other members members. that are not singing. And you'd have to switch around watching the people who are kind of like making the pictures in the back. But now you're watching the person who's singing lead come yes. forward and do all the extra. Um, and the people, the the group members on the sides are actually doing mm-hmm. less. Less. Which is very <laughs> interesting because let's be real, like it's impossible to sing yeah. live doing yeah. some of that choreo. Like you watch yeah. New Jeans Ditto, like I can barely breathe by the end of it, let alone sing. You know, it's yeah. all it's all jumping and like crazy. Jerking. Like, jerking, yeah. yes. And mm-hmm. so it's just absolutely insane. Like, I get it. Dancing is very important. But at the end of the day, to me, an idol is a singer and a dancer. Yeah. And it's like the singing is just not. You've got to be the full package. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You've got to be the full package. Um, I mean. okay, let's be real here. Vocals. I wouldn't say haven't been the main focus of K-pop. I wouldn't go so far to say it, but I will say like the the way K-pop idols sing now, even way back then, it's just. It's a different kind. Of, I don't want to say it's bad, but it's a different kind of like out of your range kind of singing or like, listen, ever since ever since, you know, autotune became a very well-known thing. Thanks, Cher. Um, everyone uses it, right? First gen uses it. Fourth gen, like fourth gen now or like third gen. Some of the girl group songs way too high. Back in the day for a lot of the groups, I remember like jet skis or like H.O.T., but their choreography was difficult too because they had those like, you know, kick in the punching and the break dancing moves in it. But they were actually singing live and it didn't actually sound that great. And we actually <laughs> had some commentary from one of the ladies from Ask Me About K pop. Uh, check it out. Hey, everybody. This is Shannon and Angelica from Ask Me About K pop. Yeah. And I feel like K pop in its nature, because it is so performance based and it is expected that the idols be hitting their dances like as hard and as perfectly as possible and that combined with then being able to super strongly hit all Mm -hmm. of your notes after you've just been jumping and kicking around is like a real skill absolutely like even a lot of training i feel like not everyone could do that Mm -hmm. period very Um, much like much less consistently every time yeah um but it's very interesting like we on our show we talk about first gen k-pop a lot because i find it so deeply fascinating and i love it and a like truth of first gen k-pop is that the majority of them were really bad live singers Mm -hmm. because this was like before the adoption of like auto-tune and pitch correcting or even having a track play. Mm -hmm. And so they were all just singing raw on those stages and sometimes they were really terrible. And I think the like honest truth is if a lot of groups these days had to do the same thing, they might be just as bad. Thanks, Beth and Angelica. Seriously, I mean... They're like us. They grew up with the older generations or even if they did it, they want to retroactively see what was going on because it's like 
where did it come from? Mm-hmm. Where did this idea that we have to dance like crazy people come from? Yeah. Um, it's inter- It's really interesting because, like I said, like back in the day, the whole R&B pop thing was huge. So they're dancing all the hip hop. But then like second gen, third gen, it was a lot of EDM pop music. So you just having like a nice little groove with the song, but sounding really bright was the focus. So it's it's again very interesting. Maybe it's a sign of the times. I don't I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, I think what's funny is they did yeah. make the point of like those idols didn't have the auto tune and the pitch oh, God, correction no, they that did the not. groups do now. <laughs> and so it's almost like like maybe K pop idols have just never really sounded that good. But just the technology Sorry. has made them sound better through time. <laughs> That's possible, too. I don't know. <laughs> A lot of different possibilities here. You know here. what? It's like the Britney Spears <laughs> thing. It's like, can Britney sing? We don't know because she lives sing so much, but we think she can. But we hear some recording. You know, like Britney can sing. She could at one point. Oh, yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. But I, I life happened before things got really bad. Life, you could hear like some of the, you know, music. It didn't sound that great, right? I mean, it's one of those things... It's just, but yeah, that also brings me to my next point. Okay. If you're lip syncing, don't sit there and lip sync like a Muppet. Like, give me actual, like, emotes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, facials are a whole other different thing. Performance <laughs> abilities are a whole other aspect that we can rant about another day. <laughs> but you're right. You're right. Bad lip syncing makes it worse. You're, that's true. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, but yes, you're right. Let's, let's move on. But, you know, speaking of auto-tuning and, and why it's being more used now, Back to what you were saying about it, like, you know, uh, because of the lockdown situation, it was like, hey, let's give them the best quality we can with the situation. We're not in that situation. So what is this whole, like, urge or this whole, like, pressure on perfection? What is that about? You know? Yeah. Well, I think that's always been K-pop, right? This push for perfection. Yeah. Um, And because, you know, the fans are eagle-eyed. Like, if you mistake yeah. one thing, if your voice cracks once, if, if you miss a word or something, yeah. like, they would catch it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, if you miss a dance move, they would catch it, you know? So it's like there's so much pressure on every single aspect of the performance. So again, yeah. by lip syncing, you do remove some of that pressure, right? True. You know the vocals there, so you could focus on the rest of it. Um, and you know it's good. Um, but it is interesting because I think, I, I don't remember back when I got into K-pop and the, mm. kind of the idea of idols not being human, right? They're supposed to be just so mm-hmm. talented that it's just mm-hmm. unworldly. And mm-hmm. to me, or what I thought was actually part of that was the fact that they were like singing live and doing dances that were kind of right. really energetic and they were able to handle it despite, you know, sometimes there would be a voice crack or something, but like the yeah. regular human couldn't do what they could do. Yes, you know? that, yeah, know. Yeah, But was now it. it's almost to the point where they're literally... It, they're so there are gods basically they're basically you know, gods yeah. now um where they're doing the actual impossible as opposed yeah. to it just being something where it's like wow they trained so hard that's so impressive now it's yes. like oh they ha- they're literally perfect and have no flaws and can you know do literally something that's not humanly possible <laughs> oh my god that's terrible like i have some performances of mine that are floating around where i'm flat at one point i was like oh shoot i messed up but you know you move on because that's how you learn. If you do, if you make those mistakes as a vocalist, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I did this. Str- I didn't breathe here. I should have I should have breathed there. I should have took a break there. You learn from those mistakes. Right. So if I make a mistake and sounds like, oh, you can't sing. I'm like, I mm-hmm. couldn't at that point. Like, I, I did not sing that well. You're right. I can't sing that part. I, I can sing it now because I knew I made the mistake. Mm-hmm. These kids don't get a chance to make a mistake because they're lip syncing. And then when they do, 
they get into this whole like apology mode. One thing I liked about like second gen, third gen, and even like like Mama Moo is kind of they're the age of a lot of second geners for mm. sure. But they vocally and like where they popped up at was third gen. They do not lip sync often. And when they do, you can tell because they're terrible at it. And then if they forget, they laugh about it. They own it. And the only person I've seen like really recently do that was, uh, what's her name? The young lady from um, NMIX, the lead vocal, the main vocal from uh, NMIX. Mm. Um, she had to sing the beginning part of How You Like That. She cracked. The first note, she cracked. Right? And then she was like, yeah, I messed up, y'all. And she owned it. She's like, I was worried about the other members. I thought they were going to like, you know, I was going to. I, I was going to mess up the note for them. I forgot what she said, but it's along the lines of I didn't want to affect their performance, you know, which is also more pressure. But like the mic was on, y'all, which is mm. quite nice. And I think because they're so, idols are so afraid of making mistakes now that they're afraid to own. Like, yo, I, I, I flipped, I messed up that note. I, I'm not going to hold you. Like, I messed that up. The sooner you do that, the sooner you take control and you regain your power back because a lot of these fans don't realize that the way they treat the idols and the standard they hold them to brings their esteem and their mental health to like all-time lows and they're always like oh my god you need to take a break oh my god the company no it's also the fans mm -hmm. when you don't actually look at them as humans and you revere them as dancing deities as you mm -hmm. mentioned it really creates this crazy paradigm but they cannot possibly like think of like shifting like how can i make a mistake oh god i need to like not perform today Mm -hmm. Or I got to come up with some ridiculous excuse of some, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not fair to them at all. But um, I mean, that also brings us to our, our next topic of like what fans thinks is, is our live, right? Because a lot of fans do think that this stuff is like. Yeah. Well, so you'll, I'm sure you guys will see kind of the MR <laughs> removed videos and things like that. Actually, yeah. maybe they don't do that as much because no one sings live. But anyway. We're going to go through well, some of the standard terms in K-pop um, yes. and what they use on these like weekly music shows, right? Yes. So you have MR, which mm -hmm. means music recorded. And that's basically an instrumental with some backing track of vocals to support, right? Backing vocals yes. and, you know, like some lead vocals just to help. But mm -hmm. the artists do sing live on tops, right? Yes. Then there is AR, which is all recorded. Which is basically when the artist just lip syncs to the studio recording, right? Mm -hmm. The CD version, the recorded yes. studio version. Then there's live AR, which is what most of the K-pop idols do now, which stands for live yes. all recorded, which is when the artist separately records a version of the song that sounds live with added microphone sounds mm -hmm. and breaths, right? Um, to make it sound yes, as live yes, as possible, yes, but they lip sync <laughs> to that track. Um, yes. And that is really what um, most idols are doing now on the music shows. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, what are what are some of your thoughts just on the use of the backing track in general? Um, so when I get my songs for live versions, I have backing track in the sense where it's like background vocals, words that need emphasis or words right before a certain transition that overlaps with certain vocals. But when you have multiple members like this, oh, my God, you really much of a reason to have background vocals like this because that's why you have sub vocals they should be able to sit there and back up the main vocal you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying like for me if i were like curating a group okay if someone's so singing and they're singing something like you know oops i you better be ready for did it again because she might be out of breath because she needs to sing i play with my heart you know what i'm saying like yeah. things like that but the backing vocals now are like literally like crutches crutch is not even the word for it 
They are literally walking for them. They are, <laughs> they're doing all the work. And then yeah. maybe you might be able to hear the vocalist sing or rap mm-hmm. or what may have you. But it's so low now that it's not even existing. Yes. yeah exactly i think we were were we watching the golden disc awards i believe that was the last award show we were watching together a couple weeks back yes and um a lot of the mics were on they were backing tracks were louder you know so yes you could hear some extra breaths once in a while but like Mm -hmm. what's the point you know at that point it's like you might as well lip sync i can't even hear you sing live it doesn't count yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Like every artist uses a backing track. It's impossible to like overlap yourself and all that. I yeah. think the whole kind of group singing aspect of it, harmonies and all that, that's for a different rant another Ooh. day. Um, I'm not even going to get into that because I can rant about that huh. for hours. I'll take um, unison but, at this point. <laughs> look, that's a part of that rant. <laughs> but um, in terms of the use of a backing track, mm-hmm. um, I think it makes sense. Every artist uses it, right? Mm-hmm. But I hate how loud it is yeah. now. Because yeah. if you watch, again, going back to second gen, third gen, yes, a lot of time they would have backing track and it kind of would be for the whole lead vocal, which I've never been a fan of um, on these TV shows, especially. Um, but it's, I don't know. Sometimes also when they use them, if you are slightly off, singing on top of it it's even more noticeable right because if you actually just sing it straight over the instrumental with no Mm -hmm, backing mm -hmm. track and if you're just like just off the note you actually can't really tell yeah um but if you're singing on top of yourself then you can definitely tell no you're so Um, right so i i get it as like a guide vocal if you need it um yeah yeah but sometimes it actually makes it sound worse oh my Um, god you're so right yeah Yeah. and it's it's uh, one thing i notice about like certain artists like a lot of JYP, not a lot of JYP artists, maybe Jin Young and Min from Miss A and God Seven, respectively, they would harmonize with their own lead. vocal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, there you go. If it's too high, you can Just. still sing. Exactly. If you're going to use a backing vocal, do that. <laughs> but like you said, it's a different conversation. I'm going to sit here in my, yeah. my, my soapbox. I think also I've noticed some artists, I've seen this with like 17 and Stray mm-hmm. Kids and 18, which I'll, they do often sing live. Yeah. But um, depending on either who it is or what part it is, mm-hmm. they'll lip sync certain parts, but then sing certain parts live. So they kind of do this kind of mix of MR and AR. Yes. Um, I do want to note um, a few years ago in 2014. Oh, my God, that's more than four years ago or a couple of years ago now. That's t- um, but, <laughs> so that's <laughs> almost 10 years ago. Um, but <laughs> Music Core, one of mm-hmm. the weekly shows, actually did put yes. out a rule saying that you had to sing live. They actually had a percentage of how much the track could be, have a vocal mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not exactly sure when that rule was abolished because it was still happening up till a few years ago where yes. all the artists would mime or lip sync on every other show except for Music Core. Uh-huh. And even then you would sometimes just get them singing quietly over the track, but at least you'd get a live mic. But yes. now everyone lip syncs on Music Core the same way. So... <laughs> I don't know when that rule was abolished, but I appreciated the rule at the time. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's a good thing when you can hear the fan chants over the vocals anyway. Um, But uh, I guess that's one of those things where it's like they got rid of it because maybe because of Midco, I think. Um, You know, because back in the day, I don't know. I'm trying to think of maybe when, but I remember seeing one whole perform and he actually sang live at one point. I was like, oh, he was flat. But it's okay. I'd rather have you be flat because you're out of breath and dancing Same. and singing live than mm-hmm. you sitting there sounding like a robot. 
Um, and speaking of robots, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, the pinch correction, the auto tuning, it's a lot these days. It's a bit much. Yeah, well, let's let's start with a comment. Uh, let's go back to Beth and Angelica from Ask Me About K-Pop. With technology now, you can pitch correct live vocals. Yes. So like the microphones that they're using are not just the straight audio. Like there's someone in a little sound booth like running that software or whatever, which is something that we didn't have in the first mm -hmm. gen. So there is a lot of aspects that like prevent us from even hearing live vocals in not just K-pop, like all pop music or most music ever, like after 1995, when everyone discovered mm -hmm. that auto-tune software existed, like, oh then yeah, that's just the I standard. I mean, I remember <laughs> like Britney Spears in her prime, like getting uh, a lot of criticism because they would like take out the, you know, the MR removed mm -hmm. kind of thing <laughs> footage and her, she was like singing really softly mm -hmm. like this and like didn't at all sound like it sounded live um, or it sounded because, you know, like in the mm -hmm. arena or whatever. So like, it's just a fact yeah. of the music industry nowadays that it's really rare that you're going to get a live vocal unless you're seeing someone like Beyonce mm -hmm. like and even she is using some tracks sometimes yeah, like, because like it because yeah it's it's difficult like it's truly like difficult to mm -hmm. like move around that much and still get your notes out like even like Broadway performers if they have a big part they don't do the dance break right yeah. before it like yeah, yeah 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 thank you oh man the live yeah. auto-tune and pitch correction so yes basically Basically, now you can actually have just a live pitch correction while you're singing into a mic and it happens automatically. Yeah. Um, a lot of artists all around the world do use it um, yeah, in their true. concerts on TV. It is very common now. Yeah. Um, and yes, it does, again, go back to the earlier point of it, it removes some stress, I guess, from, yeah. uh, from the artists. But I don't know. It just doesn't feel authentic that mm -hmm. way. Um, I agree with you. I'd much rather hear a pitchy vocal, a missed note, a crack here or there, um, because it feels real. And yeah. and yeah, it does kind of just take away some of the emotion a little bit. Um, yeah, it does. That's so important in singing. You know, I think it adds yeah. so much more when you see someone straining to hit this high note and they're putting their all into it and it may yeah. not sound perfect but you feel the effort and the passion <laughs> versus them just opening their mouth super wide you know <laughs> yeah. yeah or sometimes yeah. like an espa like she doesn't oh. even pretend to <laughs> lip sync those she's just blank face yeah. doing the highest notes <laughs> possible like girl if you don't move <laughs> if you don't even make a crinkle in your eye please give me nope. something <laughs> nope gotta keep Gotta keep yeah. no wrinkles, no wrinkles. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. But you know what's interesting? It's crazy because like back in the day, I remember Mariah Carey came out. People were like, "Oh my God, Tony just likes her." Blah blah blah. Like no one believed that she could actually hit these notes. The MTV Unplugged performance that she had shut the haters down. Mm. Now we have these "quote unquote" unplugged performances, even on radio performances, and those are tuned as well. I remember "Kiss the Radio." They were like, "Oh, you know, you have to sing." Oh, yeah. Remember "Kiss the Radio"? You have yes. to sing on there. Like, or they used to joke around and do, like, karaoke. And I remember this funny clip of, like, GOT7 singing um, uh, Loser by Big Bang. And they sound terrible. But it's funny. It's <laughs> yeah. so funny. Because Bam Bam can't hit the, whoa. He goes, whoa. But you can hear it. <laughs> Man, like, nowadays, these kids are so worried about being perfect. Again, it's just, it's just not there. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you have these opportunities to show people, like, hey, this is what I trained for. This is what I'm about. 
and you still, again, it's not their fault. It's the company's choices. But like, again, you're setting this standard that's way too high and mm-hmm. just. Mm, yeah, and just a little um, FYI for those fans that are going to try and point us to those Andromeda It's Live oh God, performances. No. Please don't. Those are so processed. Yes. No one sounds that perfect live. Like, watch Celine Dion and Mariah Carey and Whitney and Kelly Clarkson. Like, it's impossible. Um, I have another thing that I'm, like, raising my hand frantically. Fans, if you want to know if your faves are lip syncing, here's what you should listen to. Plosives. When you hear those in the mic, yes. If you hear this, that means their mouth is hitting it. And my favorite sound to hear is when the jewelry jingles. Honey, when I hear that... In the microphone, I'm like, the mic is on. If you don't hear those sounds. I agree with the jewelry sounds, but <laughs> now they include the mics and the, the puss, pulses. The puss and all that. They, oh my God, you're right. They run in the that. studio. They run in the studio. Yeah, they put it in the studio. Listen mm-hmm. for the jewelry, y'all. If y'all see the jewelry and you don't hear that jewelry, run. <laughs> yeah, and if you want to hear what I'm talking about, any NCT performance, they're really good about adding the mic sounds into it. They're annoying for that. But they're clearly not singing live. Although there was one performance of two baddies where they were singing live and they sounded out of breath. Yeah. And they were yelling at the end. Yeah. And I loved it. Me too. Yeah. Delicious. I love it. Um, We do want to point out, though, encore performances. Oh, my God. Encore performances is where you sometimes or often or always maybe actually (laughs) get the real thing. You get the real thing. They just played the straight instrumental mm-hmm. no backing track on there mm-hmm. no backing vocals mm-hmm. they've got to just mm-hmm. sing and this has caused a lot of drama in the past right because yeah. sometimes you get these artists where people are like oh my god they sound amazing yeah um, yeah then you get some artists where they don't sound amazing um, one very uh, memorable one is momo from twice during the more and more encore stage on I, show champion can i do it please you are gonna be mine again. I can't even like purposely do it wrong because I know the note is. But yeah, I'm a Twice fan. Don't come for me or do. I don't care. But I'm a Twice fan. And I can admit Momo does not need to be singing up there. I said it before. I'll say it again. She belongs. Yeah, in- but you could also just see like sometimes these groups, <laughs> they are frozen on stage <laughs> and they're about to sing their part. They're so scared yep. and they can't even like do a little two-step like they have to put their all focus their full focus (laughs) on singing these what these couple of lines live yeah um i mean to be fair sometimes they do sound great but it just shows like i was just watching the new jeans as you can tell i'm obsessed with new jeans i think they did omg recently and they sounded really good actually but they were just standing there um you know and that that goes to another question which i think we'll talk about a little more later is the stage presence even there or oh, is it honey. just kind of like you're given all this choreography that you're amazing at, but then you actually just have to stand there and sing like, can you actually command a stage? I don't know. Don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started. I mean, we'll get into that, right? A little later. Yeah, but I mean, when you have fans kind of like Delulu's, no offense, yeah. no offense. No, I'm not saying that all fans are delusional, but there are some fans that will literally like, you know, will go and die on a hill as opposed to using it as like a, a place to look for a different perspective, they'll go on the hill and die on it uh, when it comes to lip syncing. Um, some of these fans don't really want to believe that maybe their favorite, their fave is not all that like bang tuck, bang tuck, shiny, shiny. Like it's just not, they're not there. And it's okay to say that, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. and they hate when people like us call out their faves. Yes. Or- um, 
there's definitely just this unrealistic idea sometimes of how talented they are. Again, going mm -hmm. back to what I said earlier about just kind of treating them like gods, because yeah. honestly, guys, it's impossible to be jumping yep. and singing completely straight, like actually physically impossible. It doesn't matter how much you train. Okay, like it's <laughs> literally impossible. So don't tell yeah. me that they ate CDs and sound like the CD because no, they're literally the lip syncing to the CD. It yeah. is the CD. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we want to we want to go now to Kathy and Laura from MIA Two K who had some thoughts on this. Um, they said many stands are undoubtedly holding on to hope or delusion from their faves that they can hold the notes while nearly doing somersaults on stage. And while sure, some can get pretty close during a one-stage performance, this is all but impossible during a three-hour or so concert, which we will mm -hmm. get to the concert stuff later. But yes, mm -hmm. even, even in a one-song performance, again, it's not physically possible, guys. Yeah, um, no. But Kathy and Laura also wanted to mention that what they really enjoy is the performance. They actually mm -hmm. don't need to be singing every line. It's okay to be relying on backing vocals here and there. Uh -huh. They're totally okay with that. But yeah. as long as the majority of the vocal effort is live. Yes, I agree. I mean, I've, yeah. I've sung, I've sung because I did musicals. I had to dance and jump and, and do some weird random things with my arms. And it was a lot. And I had to actually climb up on someone's shoulders, sing a line and then turn over and sing upside down and then come back up and still sing the note. Like it was the same note over and over again, but just the, the jumping and the jumping and then running across the stage, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. And then I would have to figure out when to breathe. It's like, how do you breathe when you're upside down? Or, or better yet, how do you breathe when the drums are going blah, 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 blah. And you're hitting every single one-y and a two-y and a three and a four-y. Um, but yeah, I mean... I guess it's another conversation about like choreography being way too hard when literally back in the day you could sit there and just dance on a chair and it would be just fine. I don't know why the standard of K-pop, they feel like they have to go so hard because they have no competition. Like, they have no like direct competition in terms of like groups or performance. Mm -hmm. no, no offense. Like unless unless it's like Beyonce or like a, even like an Avril or even Pink. Pink is using like trapeze artists now. Like no one's really out here challenging y'all to a dance battle. You don't have to go that hard. <laughs> and to be fair, Beyonce does use a backing track sometimes oh, yeah. as well. Yes. Um, but yeah. Does. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then sometimes yes. when idols lip sync, which everyone knows or should know that they lip sync all the time, but sometimes random performances will get called out. Um, yes. And they're like, how dare they suddenly lip sync? Yes. Um, like it wasn't a, a thing. Weird. Yeah. Like um Ivan Liso's um Ives Liso and Wonyong actually sang um IU's Strawberry Moon. First of all, start first, first IU doesn't even sing one of her songs up to like that. I'm in my dream. She doesn't do that in, as much anymore because even that's a high note for her, right? You're asking these girls to sing an IU song. Not that the song is particularly challenging, but I mean, what were you expecting? No offense. You have these girls sitting there just kind of swaying and barely moving their mouths. I think the biggest problem was, Chris, uh, that they actually had used the same recording. <laughs> Sorry, we should not be laughing. They actually used the same recording from a previous like YouTube video. That's where they effed up at. Maybe if they had used yes, a fresh... Yes, they should have just re-recorded it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they needed a fresh AR 
live AR version. You know, um, yeah, that's where they messed up. Yeah, I'm trying to I think also of a... remember, well, I remember um, when Espa sang live at Coachella, which everyone oh, was yeah. already like, oh my gosh, they sang live. And then, of yes. course, they went back to the Korean shows and started lip syncing again. Everyone was like, why are they lip syncing again? It's like, like, guys, like <laughs> they always have been like, they're probably forced to sing live at Coachella. I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it, it does it does cause a lot of ridicule or like backlash for them. And it's just it's it's tough and it kind of makes you think like how how important are live vocals to a K pop performance now? I mean mm-hmm. to the fans even. Mm-hmm. Um fans will put up with anything I've noticed. And I don't know if that's like a company thing to blame on. Wait, mm-hmm. well, uh, blame it on the company or to blame it on the fans. Cause at this point it's just like if we don't say, hey, listen, we want this, why are they still lip syncing? And we just go, oh, my God, they're just they're in front of us right now. And they're capitalizing off of us. Like, I mean, kind of just like him all and shake, shake a poor sinner's hand at this point. It's just like we kind of just hand in hand, I guess, like getting in bed together. The fans and the companies, if if the standard isn't raised as a fan, mm-hmm. then this whole like you have to be perfect thing is going to stick around. You know, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think for me, like just as an overall thought on lip syncing as we start to close off this half of the episode. Yeah. For me, like I said earlier, a K-pop idol is a singer mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. You're an artist, right? Mm-hmm. We like you for your songs, right? <laughs> and so singing to me personally <laughs> is actually the most important to a live performance. Yeah. Um, as as I mentioned earlier, we're both dancers as well. So of course yeah. I appreciate oh, the yeah. dancing. But I don't need them to be dance crews. I want them to be pop stars, right? Where the singing totally. should come first. So to me, I I do expect live vocals. I'd want live vocals all the time. Um, but I understand that mm-hmm. choreography is what does get more attention now. So yeah. yes, once in a while, if you need to not sing a part so you can do this awesome stunt or crazy choreography, fine. Yeah. Um, oh. But the majority of the time, majority of the song... I think should always be sung live. Man, that's what the dance breaks were for. What y'all do? Man. Oh my. Okay. Another conversation. Another conversation. Okay. So in terms of like having live vocals in a performance, like should should we expect everyone to sing live? Because like I said, me as a soloist having to sing and rap and do the background, I know I can't do it all the time, right? Like I've, mm-hmm. I've heard myself do it all the time and I'm like, oh, I can't do that. It'd be realistic. Um, for me, I feel like if you're going to have a group of like 7-Eleven members, 5-Eleven members, whatever, the rappers and main vocalists, I say yes. The mics should be on because you only come in for about 16 bars, not even. Most rappers get like eight sometimes. And then the vocalists, they actually split it. You get your main, you get your main and then you get your hook for the chorus. Mm-hmm. Why are you not singing? Why are you not singing? The the the, the lead vocals, like the, the vocals near the... Uh, the verses and the pre's, okay, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I get it. Like, those aren't as important, I guess, in terms of, like, where the best part of the song is, supposedly. But if you're going to lip sync and have all that dancing there, let the rappers and them sing. Like, from my experience from rapping, most of the time it's just having good breath control and knowing when to punch in and punch out vocally. Like, I mean, like, just citing BAP's um, Zello back in the day, he'd have this, like, what, I forgot how many syllables and, like, what, one point whatever how many seconds it was super fast but every time his part came up he would take a deep old breath let the Mm -hmm. backing track do his thing and then come in and do that verse every single time the right way so i mean like for me it it, rappers and main vocals need to be the ones that have it on at least or if you're just sub vocal and going 
hey, ho, maybe not. You Maybe you don't need the mic, but other people do. You know what I'm saying? Handheld yeah. ones, not the ones on your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, so just to kind of lead us into the second half, yeah. do we treat these live TV broadcasts like one to three song performances hmm. differently from headlining concerts? Some fans know. <laughs> I mean, for me, I would say, yeah, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the contributors to this episode had mentioned, like, hey, we don't want to hear the CD. Like, I didn't come here. I didn't pay no $400 for no CD version, boo. I want to hear you you sing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because it's like you have a performance where you only have one song or you do a B-side or maybe on, like, an end-of-year program, you have, like, a seven-minute, ten-minute set, Right. But it's different from headlining a whole show. And it goes back, goes back into what you were saying about performance quality, like the dynamics of the members themselves. Like, do they know how to perform when there's no choreography? There's so many things that go into it as opposed to just like, oh, yeah, we're going to just do all of our hits. Because then yeah. you have like this poopy set list full of just loud songs. This one section is full of ballads. And then you're back sitting there screaming your face off or not really. You're lipping your face off. And it's just like, OK, if you didn't have all the the glitz and the glam and the the VCRs and the the the, the, the pyrotechnics. Do you have what it takes, the presence and the actual performance ability to sell the show the right way? Because mm-hmm. I mean, what um, you know, like a lot of American audiences, I say, I've noticed haven't been like, oh my God, like this is amazing compared to what they've seen. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. I would say overall a K-pop show, yes. It's about the overall performance uh-huh. itself. And that includes all the production and the dancing and the dancers and all that and vocals <laughs> yeah. are maybe just one aspect of it but mm-hmm. i i do think vocals again are a main yeah. component of it yeah. um but to be fair k-pop shows are very long most of them right they, yeah. they're like three hours long so yes it's very hard to do a full show like that live mm-hmm. vocals for the whole thing yes. so I get a balance, right? If right. you need to lip sync a couple songs in the middle here or there yeah, just to kind of totally. you know, keep keep your vocal health and everything, mm-hmm. that's totally fine. But live vocals should be the majority of a show, I think. Yeah. 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 Oh, you, wait, wait, we were watching, I think Little Mix it was, or even, even you when you were like, we were talking about how I was going to sing one of my songs. You were like, you don't have to sing the choruses. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, you're so right. There's no point. That's where all the voices are. You can lip those choruses. I mean, most of the time. That's yeah, do some all, new ad libs. You know. Yeah, that's yeah. where you guys can actually. That's if we were to kind of, I guess, meet in the middle of having just the lip and the vocal. Sing those verses. Go, going back to what I said before too. If you're if you're singing the verses as a group member, then sing them. If you're going to sing the bridge, then sing it. If you're a main vocal, we want to hear that bombastic, that crescendo of the mo- uh, of the song, right? Mm-hmm. So the chorus, you better lip the hell out of it. I want, I want to see them <laughs> lips flapping. Go off, you know. I don't care if you're. I don't care if it doesn't match. At least we know, like, oh wow, the vocal, the, the mic was on for like two seconds. <laughs> yeah. But aside yeah. from that, the bands. I mean, there yes. are no. Like, there's a lack of bands. I think that adds to a performance of a, a K-pop show as well. There mm-hmm. are none. So yes, the <laughs> other big part of our rant today mm-hmm. is about live bands in K-pop concerts because I think one big aspect of concerts here in the West is the presence of a live band. Um, Even if you do do more electronic music, you still have a drummer or you still have someone who is at least doing new sounds and stuff live. Um, And being able to hear your favorite song elevated by a remix or live instruments 
that's that's what makes the concert version stand out. That's what makes them different. We don't want yeah. you to just play the track. Yes. You know? And yeah, I think a live band brings so much energy yeah. to a show. It mm-hmm. adds so much more dynamic in everything. And mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, it's so much better. And it always annoys me <laughs> whenever I go to a K-pop show and they just play the CD. You, you know? know, yeah, I, I, I get that bands are expensive, right? But when I went to Twice that first time, I wasn't going to go, right? I just want to preface it, but I went to the, 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 the Twice second show, I think it was, whatever, either way. When I went and I heard Touchdown with a pre-recorded live band track, I was like, oh my God, this song is so old, let's break it, go! You don't even have to have like an actual live band. At least try to switch it up for the fans so it doesn't feel like I'm listening to a Spotify playlist. That's my thing, right? And my thing is like, of course I want a live sound, but I want a balance between the digital and the traditional mediums. Like that's key. Like too much of one or the other can cause a concert experience to be completely lackluster because I've heard, I've heard, uh, I've been to concerts where they only use like the track and I'm like, because they performed it so well, I was like, yo, Mm -hmm. I'm sold. They were engaging, all that. Because like you said, the whole package and I've seen some where I'm like, this, this, this needed, this needed something to happen, like a drum or remix or something. Mm-hmm. So it's it's good to have that balance. But yeah. K-pop shows aren't really like that. I mean, some few and far between, for sure. Yes. No, you're right. Uh, bands are expensive. You have to bring new people with on the <laughs> road with you. You need to have other equipment. You need to sound check and mm-hmm. do all of that stuff. Visas. So yes, I understand why it's not the easiest to bring a live band, but. <laughs> They just kind of put all their money towards other things, right? They put yeah. their money towards the screens and, and all the stuff. And like to me, I would rather have a live band than have all the production because yeah. um, I think it does add that much to have real musicians come out yeah. and and really turn a song into something unique for that moment. Because yes. every time you play something live, it's a little different, mm-hmm. right? Um, and yeah, I think it just adds so much. And a lot of the K-pop shows that do have bands, mm-hmm. they only do it for a couple songs. And I'm not Ooh. sure if that's like a money thing. Like you have to pay these musicians for their time, like per Ooh, song yes. or per, you know, segment in the show. Mm-hmm. But I hate that because it's like yeah. they'll do these couple of songs <laughs> with a live band and it sounds amazing. And then uh-huh. they they, de- they leave. <laughs> yeah. They leave. And this happened... Um, the Stray Kids show, that yeah. live band section was the best part of mm-hmm. that show. Yeah. Um, and, you know, yes, there are artists, though, who do have a live band at all times. Um, YG groups, right, yes. are often known for that. Big yeah. Bang and 21 having a band for yeah. their last few tours. I think the same band that right. Blackpink now has. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> so I did go see Blackpink and you've seen Blackpink before as well. Yes, I have. Um, and so they do use a live band the whole time. Mm-hmm. It does really make the songs just really elevated. Yeah. Um, it made me like songs that I don't normally or wouldn't otherwise listen to. But, it, yeah. you know, live, I'm like, oh, with the guitar, with the live drums. Like, yes, this sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do want to go to a statement from Charity and Emily of the NYC K-Pop Queens podcast because they had some thoughts on the Blackpink concert. As said by Charity, the Blackpink concert was a disappointment. They used heavy backing tracks and didn't even try to cover up that they were using them. They had a live band for some songs, but it didn't add anything to the performance. Emily continues, live band arrangements can be tricky. At the first L.A. show of BTS Permission to Dance, the timing of the band was off at points. 
And honestly, due to situations like this, um, but what they've mentioned with Blackpink and BTS shows, I can feel why some fans could be like underwhelmed and why they mm. might feel like mm, the performance wasn't great or maybe the band wasn't great as cited by um, Charity and Emily. So thank you very much for that yes. tidbit. Because it's true. I mean, what we may get at one show, if you're like, oh, the band was actually pretty good, others might get at a different show. Like I went to a Blackpink show where they were like, where Rose was flat as, boy, she was flat as a pancake with that piano right next to her. And I was like, baby girl, no, you can't do that. You know, like you're supposed to be like the guitarist, the instrumentalist. And I've heard it and I'm like, mm. and I see other recordings where she was actually like decent. And I'm like, Ooh. You know, so hit or miss sometimes, hit or miss. And it's not not great that it's hit or miss like that. But I think that's what's so great about live performances sometimes is that, yes, you're going to get some off moments, but that what that's what keeps it real. She was off the whole time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, well, okay, I want to respond to Charity and Emily. So, yes, it's interesting going back now to the lip syncing or backing track use, right? Yeah. Blackpink does use a really heavy backing track. Oh, God, they yeah. keep basically the lead vocal as loud as the mic, if not louder, the entire yeah. time. Yeah. And to your point, then if they're slightly off, then mm -hmm. they sound really off yes. because they're singing with their track. Yes. And that really annoys me. So I, that actually took away a lot for me and really annoyed me as Thank well. You. Regarding the band, though, <laughs> um, I definitely, because mm -hmm. I, was, I was paying attention to the band just because I was happy that the band was there. I, I, I think overall they did add a lot of energy to it, but I can see yeah. what Charity is saying because mm -hmm. they didn't really do a lot a lot of new things with some of the songs. They really oh God, did just yeah. play the track as the CD was. So it's yeah. like, what's the point then, right? Like if you're yeah. not going to add anything to it. Mm -hmm. um, but Emily, I do have to let you know, uh, the Permission to Dance band was actually not a real band. Um, at least on the Netflix or Disney Plus version or whatever. I forget which streaming platform they put it on. Mm. They actually just had their dancers play on fake instruments. Get out. Um, <laughs> and the band is just the track. Uh, so, yeah, uh, just FYI. I was watching the drummer because I played the drums and Whoa. he actually doesn't know how to play the drums. So he actually wasn't playing it correctly at all. Not sure. um, so that was kind of <laughs> the key for me. Um, that really annoyed me, actually. But BTS did make up for it with their Busan mm -hmm. concert where they did have a live band and it sounded amazing. And that is one of the examples I would use to try and prove to people why a live band is so important. <laughs> that is so funny. But yes, you're, you know, live bands help. But again, even if you don't have a live band, Monster Eggs, they don't usually have a band, but they'll do like a rock version mm -hmm. of like this old song, like from they, when they first started, because it's like it doesn't fit what they do now because it's like super, super like, gangsta hip-hop they do more edm kind of like noise hyper pop stuff so they'll you know electrify it essentially and elevate it with the rock version or even have juhan play the drums or even super junior back in the day would um have he play the drums i think it was beth or angelica who said that even with exo they would do like different medleys and like try to Elevate the tr elevate the whole experience, so you're getting new choreography. You're getting yes. you're getting dances with sticks, dances in the rain, dances with. You're getting something different, even with even if you don't change the music, change the dang choreography. And they'll say like, "Oh, Tanya will play the guitar or something, just to kind of switch it up." Like they sit down on the stage, you get acoustic sets. Like a lot of K-pop shows now, you get, yeah, oh, this is our biggest track that you know right now, and then hello for twelve minutes. My name is. And then we get a VCR that looks like a cologne commercial. And then we're making noise. 
yeah, in an acoustic set and not a single person that sat down and go, hey, um, maybe we should actually sing as a group with just our voices, you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> then you get the ballads where they just stand there with the mic stands looking bored as hell, um, <laughs> not moving at all. And it's the most boring performance. They do it for like four songs in a oh, row. Oh, my God, That's you're the so worst. right. Yes. That's the worst. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> That's when yeah. you have a live piano or something. That's the moment. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree. If you don't have a live band, new arrangements really do add so much because that's yeah. what people love. It's like, oh my gosh! Like you remember when Jung Hee Hun added that new bridge to Excuse oh, Me Miss? Yeah. And everyone still points to that. Yeah. Um, you know, like you get a new dance break. You get a new yeah. something. You you get even just a version that's like mm -hmm. has a guitar even just in the track. Like that already yeah. adds to it and yeah. adds something different to it. Yeah. Um, I know they're not a K-pop group, but you should listen to our Steps interview with Steve Anderson, who was their music director. We talked through every single song and he put so much thought into how every song was arranged, mm -hmm. how each song fit next to the others around it. Yes. Um, and it's, I feel like K-pop stars don't actually have any music directors. Like, I don't oh my know God. who, I don't know how they put these concerts together, but sometimes the set lists are just so... Can I unorganized can i tell you that irritates me i don't get how you sit there and have a group with an in-house producer and we have this person and that person and that person and not a single person was like yo we should sit down and try to make a new track today for this tour and mm -hmm. that's what gives me you're right because a lot of these producers like i was once a singer myself or i'm a producer and now i have a group and now i have this group and i'm producing for them and it's the same crap like oh my god like sm gets on my nerves with that like, they'll have Espa break down a song 5011 times, but then when they perform it live, it's the same track. But then you have Stacey with, um, was it the higher, not higher music, Stacey with um, Black Eyed Pilsung, and they did, um, was it So Bad? A hip-hop version, a pop version, an EDM version. And I was just like, I'm not sick of the song yet. Mm -hmm. You're so right. With all this, like, where's the music director? <laughs> where's the person saying... Hey, maybe we should try to like give this a little bit of a moment here. Like, I'm confused. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then also, like, I get that K pop concerts are super expensive and you want to spend as much time as possible. So they do a three and a half hour concert. But honestly, like, a good 90 minute concert where every song is yeah. quality and there's thought put into every single performance yeah. is much preferred, honestly, yeah. for me. Like I, I mentioned, like those, those, oh my God, those ballad sections that are just always so long. And it's just like, you know what? Sometimes you don't need to perform all of those. <laughs> no, you're so you right. Know? You're um, so right. Or like the sub, or like the subunits, the subunits. Oh, well, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. The subunits and the solo moments. Like I, I appreciate that these members get to, you know, mm -hmm. show something different sometimes before these groups that have so many members. It's like, oh my gosh, we're about to get 13 solo stages you know like really <laughs> um so you know what for me in Ooh. concerts like quality over quantity i don't sure. need a 50 song set list like give yeah. me a great 90 minute two hour show um yeah. that's yeah. well thought out and well planned you're right you know i, I think yeah. about that sometimes i notice with a lot of like if you're domestic to south korea like south korea a lot of the shows are like four hours long because they're only two days and then you get the next weekend, right? Like with Mama Moo, their last show that I remember like watching with a live band that actually kind of like didn't when they tell jokes or like played piano, which was amazing. I love that for them. Was four hours long. But then again, you think about like they only 
performing like that big old stadium for the weekend and then the next weekend and that's it. And you have to kind of just wait for the next comeback. So I get why it's that long. When you do that and you try to condense those 100 hour shows over here, <laughs> it just doesn't translate well, like you said. So yeah, just I kind of want to put that in perspective. I think it's because like they only get like limited mm-hmm. engagement with the fans. So they kind of shove everything in there. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Just, just a little slight mild observation. Because I was like, why is this show four hours long? And yes, everyone got a long solo stage. Mm-hmm. But again, the live band was there. Oh, I need to watch that. Yeah, it was actually really entertaining because the mics were on for sure. So was the band. But yeah, it's interesting. I just feel like for concerts, the standard mm-hmm. um, of K-pop concerts just isn't very high. No. Uh, you know, you have a lot of fans who are just happy to be in the same room, right? As these idols are just happy to even be seeing them in the flesh. So it's almost like the performance just comes second. Like they're just happy that they're seeing them on stage and the actual performance itself isn't yeah. There's no standard to it, right? Like, no. there's no expectation for it. No. And I've said this before where, for me, for a performer who's putting on a concert, mm-hmm. you you want a couple goals, right? You want to turn the fans that you mm-hmm. already have into bigger fans. Mm-hmm. And you also want to turn anyone who's in the audience that isn't a fan into a fan. Yeah. And I've been to a ton of K-pop concerts, which I'm very lucky that I have. And unfortunately, though, a lot of the time, I don't leave yep, being wanting a bigger more. fan. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that drive is missing. Yeah. And I think if that drive was there, they would put more thought into set list and like how, which songs go where and how it's all sequenced and how each performance matters mm-hmm. and, and kind of, yeah, all of that. So it's interesting. Yeah, I agree. I think that scarcity mindset with K-pop fans, especially when you're an international one, you will take anything. It's almost like getting breadcrumbed by a boy or something that you're dating. It's literally like that's like, I'm going to give you the bare minimum, babe. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Oh, God, just anything for a $500 high five. I love you. And it's it's really like that for sure. Like mm. even when I was in like, my crazy fangirl days, it's tough because I grew up with the vocals, the, the mics actually being on. But now mm. that they're not, it's just like, what did I pay for? <laughs> And I kind of get and I get disconnected. I, I disconnect yeah. very easily in that term, in that sense. Um, but yeah, we talked about uh, the concerts and such. And I mean, listen, fans, drop some comments below. We would love to see your faves definitely, you know, doing their thing with the mics on for sh- like really on, like in their bedroom on a V live on um, or even it's live. I mean, that's another yeah. thing to kind of talk about. Like, do not use those as an example. Like it's live is it has such good potential to be the unplugged of Korea. Yeah. And now it's just like a joke almost. Like it's fun to kind of hear like, oh my God, this is really nice to hear like this band version, which proves our point. Um, but then it's just extra, extra processing. And like, yeah, the vocals, that is where the issues are there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's really sad. Like I've been watching older concerts like i infinite they always had a live band even when they came here years ago and they played this tiny venue they could barely even stand in formation because the band took up so much space on that stage and it sounded amazing um and yes i think um 
I think it was um, the ladies from Ask Me About K-Pop that mentioned Shiny as well, like on their last Beyond Live. It was still during the pandemic. Oh my God, yes. But they did have a section where the live band came out. Yes. Oh, voice kept cracking. Yes. But it was so genuine, right? Yeah. And it was actually very impressive. It was like, wow, they're singing live and still doing this choreo and sounding yeah. pretty good, you know? Yeah. Yes, some notes were missed, but like, that's fine. Like, it was impressive. Right. It's not as impressive when you just lip sync the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's just how I feel about it. But yeah, definitely check out. I, I mentioned the BTS Busan concert. I was so impressed with yeah. that. I'm not a huge BTS fan, mm -hmm. but that concert was really, really good. Mm -hmm. Definitely go back and watch the Big Bang concerts. You know, yeah. like that is it. The energy is just different. It is because they had they had so much more to prove, I feel like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, like K-pop wasn't as big as it was out here. It was like, when they came out here, it was like, I have to, like you said, show these people that we are worth the money. There was so much at stake. Like, if this bombs, we're not coming back here again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like, oh man, it's tough. I mean, like, uh, I keep saying BAP, but honestly, people are like, oh, but the choreography's so hard. They were on the floor crawling. I've seen, I've seen some crazy, I've seen some crazy stuff with BAP. They're a good group to watch. Um, Even this one group, um, B1A4, I call them Bilasa. They um they sang live all the time. One of the members even had glasses. Like at this point, there's no excuse as to why you can't dance sing and make sure your glasses don't fall off your face. <laughs> even a lot of girl groups, like brown eyed girls, before Mama Moo, there was brown eyed girls. The mics were on. Even when even if the whistle note was flat, you know you got that whistle. Yep. You got a kazoo at that point. It was a little bit of a kazoo, but you know <laughs> the kazoo was getting blown. So like I mean, there's so many performances that are really sight or. Even after school, pole dancing with the mics being on, there's oh, no excuse. Yeah. There's no excuse at this point. It's just the choreography needs to be a lot easier. Fans need to have higher expectations, in my opinion, um, and stop being like, oh, my God, this dance was hot. That's what the dance breaks are for, okay? Mm. That's what the dance breaks are for, for those moments to go, oh, my God, did you see that? Not, you know, mm -hmm. you freaking rubbernecking every five seconds because something cool happened. All right, that's what formation changes are for as well. Let the formation change be your awesome moment. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know. I just wish like even like listening to the older groups and I know I just sound very old, right? Referencing all these older groups, but like <laughs> a lot of them, the vocals, like they have interesting tones in the group and it's yeah. like you really get to hear different textures and things like a lot of the groups now. I can't tell the difference between all of their vocals. No, it's true because um, they're meant to be like almost like replacements for if someone so can't sing. Like yeah. I mean if you listen to like Monster X for example, when Shonu's not there, Hyung Won sings it. Yeah. When Hyung doesn't hit the high notes sometimes, Wonho used to do it. Now it's Juhan. So it's like they're meant to kind of like I can slide in, yeah. which is good. It helps with the blend, but it kind of makes you was it an an, an unidentifiable? Mm. Is that the word I want to use? It not it makes you kind of just like another face in the group. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens. I do feel like vocals are becoming more and more just obsolete <laughs> in general. Um, like no one really cares if they sing live or not. So they don't, they don't, this is you true. know, um, and that makes ah. me sad because they should be singers. And I actually do think if they sang live more, that actually would get some more respect in the West, maybe. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. But yeah. hang on. Can we shout out some people like in the new gen that we can like readily identify as like, oh, they were actually like, wow, they're live. Like we like them. We let's go let's give some love. I feel like we've been kind of oh, not the face I'm getting. <laughs> like <laughs> okay, who? Okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. Idol. Idol have been live. 
Yeah. They are fourth gen. Idol is one. G-Idol. Uh, Stacy. I see them inhaling with yep. their nose and trying to keep a smile on. Even the Seraphim. I mean, Sakura got railed for singing. What you looking at? Out of breath, even though it's a chorus and she doesn't really have to Wait, sing that part. Wait, did she really? Yeah, she's like, what you looking no, at? No, she got what railed you... for it, though? You feel like, oh, she sounds terrible. I mean, oh, yeah, I she's dancing, that. shimmying like this and singing in a, in a range that's probably a little too low for her because it's low. But they sing live, too. I'm trying to think of it. I mean, Stray Kids. Stray Kids. Oh, yeah. AT's. Oh, yeah. AT. Oh, my God. Yeah, AT. So we're not like saying these kids are untalented. It's just the crutch is very obvious at this point. <laughs> it's very obvious. No, yes, of course. There are definitely a lot of groups that do sing live now. Um, yeah. But... There is still the heavy reliance on the backing track. Yep, not enough to yeah. have us not make this uh, rant. So uh. yeah, um, and then with the live band thing, I'm hoping so many yeah. people called out Stray Kids, they, like in a good way, for being yeah. like, "Oh my gosh, you brought a band!" And unfortunately, again, they were only there for a section of the show. Um, but you know, even Emily from um, NYC K-pop Queens, she ended mm-hmm. their little paragraph for us saying, "I'm willing to pay more for Stray Kids concert after that experience." So yeah. I'm hoping that maybe that <sighs> influences other groups and other companies to prioritize live bands or live arrangements or, or something. That's what I'm saying. Live yeah. arrangements. I'm, I have live arrangements for my track. Okay. And it helped. I'm just it saying. It has a lot of like, energy, even if it's not it, real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But they use like real instruments and record. I'm telling you guys, like, it, this is coming from a place of love and true concern and not just, you know, poop. <laughs> We're not just Yeah, for all you fans that are paying hundreds and hundreds of dollars for every K-pop concert, like, the standard yes. should be high. You shouldn't just be happy with seeing them on stage. Like, they need to put on a really, really good show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I do believe that is our period, point blank. Okay. So, fans, let us know what you all think. How important are live vocals in a K-pop performance? And should K-pop groups have live bands on tour? Or live arrangements will we'll, we'll be nice. <laughs> Big shout-out to our amazing fellow podcast for contributing to our show. Thank you so much for sending in your thoughts. And we cannot wait to do more collabs with you. Yes, you can listen to Ask Me About K-pop every week on your favorite podcasting app, and they are at AMA K-pop pod on all socials. You can also check out MIA2K on all the platforms. And they are also at MIA2K podcast on all the socials. <laughs> yes. And of course, our fellow New Yorkers, the NYC K-pop queens, have a really fun podcast. And they are at NYC K-pop queens on socials. That's right. And don't forget, you can, if you haven't already, subscribe to our channel. Give us a like as well. <laughs> And you can join our crew on Patreon to hang out with us. And please comment below or message us at CCTV Pops on all social media because it's a lot of fun. And we have a lot of fun polls on that, too. It gets spicy in the stories. <laughs> and don't forget to like, subscribe, and turn on that notification for our YouTube channel. And if you're enjoying the show on a podcast platform, please give us a follow rating and review. Until next time, that's Chris. That's Shan. And we are signing off from CCTV, the nonstop pop show.